Hey everyone, welcome to the Got 10 Minutes podcast, the podcast for product teams. Today we speak with Skylar Rexroad, who is the lead product designer at Quancast. Hey Skylar, welcome to the show. Hi Dwayne, nice to be here. Thanks for joining us. And you are the lead product designer at Quancast. I'm really interested to find out what your journey to this role has been like, and also um, like how you got into to product design. Like so, so we can actually like go all the way back. And like what uh, kind of inspired you as a kid? I would say, or um, as a teenager. Like what, what did you get in, interested in in design? Sure. Um, well, yeah. Let's go all the way back. Um, let's go back to 2004 when I was in high school. My friend and I started making uh, skateboards and mm-hmm. like just out of pretty high quality plywood, we would cut out the shapes uh, based on surfboard shapes and I would actually paint the design on the bottom like by hand with acrylic paint. And mm-hmm. um, and we would also do like custom jobs for people that wanted like, I don't know, like a kid down the street wanted flames on the bottom of his. So I would paint flames on that. and when i mean that never really fully took off because it was just kind of like a high school job but mm-hmm. it got me thinking like oh wow i can actually do art or do something that i really like for a living so after that when i was going into college i graduated in 2005 i knew exactly what i wanted to do i wanted to do fine art i wanted to i wanted to paint i wanted to sculpt things and i did about a semester of that before i realized I don't think I'm going to make any money doing this in my life. So I switched to graphic design and thank God I did because I immediately loved it, learned all the basics, Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, started doing print design and like making brochures and posters, things like that. And then when I graduated college, I got an internship at an advertising agency and that's where I really started to learn more about UI, UX, and product design, um, just building websites for mostly hospitality clients. So working with pretty big clients like the the Ritz-Carlton. And so I was working with like big, beautiful images um, on carousels and like making a booking little widget and those sort of things and uh, so many banner ads when I worked in uh, advertising. So I did that for about uh, five years um, before I got tired of that. And I decided to move to San Francisco. I didn't have a job, uh, so I just freelanced for about six months, did some branding for some startups there, just created some logos, some basic websites. And from there, I realized that that was probably going to be my Uh, main goal. If I ever wanted to get a full-time job doing product design, I should just focus on actually doing it. So I ended up getting a job with a small weather company called Weather Underground that Mm. was owned by the Weather Channel at the time. And that's where I kind of came into taking one entire product and kind of honing it down to the best possible product for our users really understanding the user base and getting to know what they wanted. And when I joined there, they're doing a, they're at the beginning stages of a big redesign. So uh, for instance, their logo hadn't been updated since 1995. This was 2012 we're talking about. So it was long overdue. Same thing with a lot of their products on their site hadn't been touched or just kind of forgotten about. So myself and the rest of the design team, we kind of did a huge audit of that and kind of broke down what could 
what products could be put together to make one big product or what products could we just get rid of altogether. And that ended up being a really good, really good change for the brand. Um, we totally revamped it, uh, new color palette, new uh, uh, page styles, everything. It was adaptive before, now it's responsive. So we really put a lot of work into it and I was really proud of the finished product. And IBM was also pretty proud of the finished product too because they acquired us shortly after after that redesign happened. And from there, I, I stuck around after IBM acquired us and then I decided to set my sights on something different. So I went to work at a robotics company called Bossa Nova and mm-hmm. they had a robot. Almost thought you said Bossa and uh, Dynamics there. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a lot better. <laughs> um, but yeah, this they had a robot that was in uh, Walmart stores. And what it would do was go up and down the aisles, scanning all the product faces and letting the store associates know what was out of stock, what was out of place, what needed to be reordered, and that sort of stuff. And going from a weather company to designing for robots and doing a lot of data visualizations for all, all the... Uh, data that came off the robot was a pretty big difference. And the cool thing that I got to do there was I actually got to work with the robotic engineers to help design the uh, flashing lights and sounds that the robot would make in the store. Interesting. Um, Yeah, it was very interesting. Uh, It was a different type of uh, UX design to do that because it was kind of like uh, I had to take a lot of cues from the auto industry and like uh if the robot was making a a right hand turn what kind of light pattern does that show and also um what color is it because it was just a big like led light strip so i kind of just had a very limited resource to work with during that but it was a lot of fun but as the way startups go in sf they went through kind of ups and downs and I was eventually uh, let go, set my sights on something else. And I eventually ended up at Quantcast and um, which was really great because when I was kind of bouncing around startups, um, I was the only designer on the team. So uh, it's now that I'm at Quantcast, I'm part of a design team that's super great. All All the other designers that I work with are very capable, uh, they are inspiring to me, and it's just great to have a whole team to bounce ideas off and just talk design with. Interesting. Um, so from your background, I can gather like a lot of different in- influences. From your skateboarding um, uh, venture, I can tell that you're, you're a bit into modern art, I'm guessing? Yeah, um, I got into like street art. I like pop art. Uh, exactly. Design. Data visualization, sound design from the robotics um, industry, and also color psychology. So all that put together, uh, it's a very, very interesting background. Um, how, how does your love for fine art and pop art influence your designs now um, or the, the, the direction that you take the designs at, at, um, at Quancast? Yeah, so I mean, I don't get to be as creative as Banksy, obviously, in my product <laughs> design stuff. But but I would say that I I always like to uh, have a little bit of uh, delight in my designs. Um, I not only am I thinking empathetically for the user, but I also kind of want to leave like a Easter egg or some sort of leave mm-hmm. behind that the user will get some sort of joy out of looking at my design or using the product that I'm designing. And I feel like that's 
that comes heavily from the street art that I grew up with. There was, there's a couple different types of street art. A lot of it's like political. I've always gravitated more towards like the, the funny side of it. Or like if someone's just making a joke just for the sake of making a joke, that's, that's kind of what I, what I like out of. Got it. And um, I'm, I'm guessing based on what I've seen, I haven't really seen, I'm, I'm not sure if I've seen any of your work directly, but I've used um, or played around with the, the quad, uh, Quancast um, UI a bit. Um, and it seems, I guess, more on the minimal side. Are you a bit more, uh, are you a bit more minimal or on, are you on the, the, um, the skeuomorphic side or do you like fusing um, both? Um, I would say I'm definitely more minimal. Um, I like to keep things as simple as possible. I really like white space. The I guess the the biggest thing that you would notice going into the Quantcast platform is that it's a lot of uh, black and white with uh, one color for action, which is our uh, flagship blue. And what we're trying to do as a design team um, in moving the Quantcast platform forward is we're revamping our data visualizations to add more color and actually have the color have more meaning to it um, just to make the data visualizations more impactful and more informative to the user got it and uh the the I'm, I'm i'm seeing how that connects to your experience in the robotics industry like what what are you pulling from your experience there to influence that um that design or that that moving forward yeah when i was in the robotics industry um it got me thinking, I mean, just a more tangible way of thinking about design. I came from just designing a website. And then when I had to transition from creating a product that was based in data visualization, but then also designing for a real world object, it was an interesting learning experience uh, because people interact with a screen a lot differently than they do designs in the real world. And not only did it have an effect on how uh, it made people feel? But it was also kind of my job to put people at ease because it's a it was a huge towering robot going up and down the aisles of Walmart, and people were obviously a little bit apprehensive at first. Like, hey, what is this thing? Is it taking a picture of me? Like, it has a whole like wall of cameras and lights on it. So it was definitely a challenge to communicate that to the robotic engineers like hey we need to turn the lights off as soon as it hits the end of the aisle because if it rounds a corner and the lights are blaring and then there's a little old lady standing there it's going to cause a problem and you're not going to get a good reading from the robot the data is going to be a little bit off because she's going to like shove her cart into the thing <laughs> so we need to we need to make it like a, a friendly giant is what i what i kind of envisioned in my mind yeah, I, I remember um, this is kind of like off topic, but I do, I do remember um, uh, talking with someone in the robotics industry. Um, they're ba they're from Japan and they were saying that um, the design um, that they follow or the methodology that they follow, they shouldn't make anything shorter than four feet, but big, not bigger than five and a half or five feet or something like that. It should be like very small so people don't um, get intimidated by it. Um, so anyways, but it was like something I remember from like a random conversation. But um, let's talk more about your uh, your role at Quancast. Like what what's it like being the lead product designer? Like what's your day to day like and uh, what do you do? Yeah, so my day to day, well, when I first started at Quancast, um, they had just launched or were just about to launch the Quancast platform that was in 2021. So it was an easy transition for me because we were, even though we're a well-established company, since we were launching that 
big product, we kind of had to think like a startup. So our product team was organized kind of in a startup way. We were like working fast, trying new ideas. And now that it's launched, we're just honing in on those ideas. So day-to-day is we take everything by uh, priorities and quarters. So this quarter, we are focusing on uh, getting our, our user archetypes in a good spot so that we can mm-hmm. better inform our decisions moving forward. And since the platform had launched, uh, we had three other products before this. So like any tech company, we have a lot of tech debt. So right now we're trying to unify everything so that no matter what product you're looking at or what aspect of the uh, platform you're looking at, it still looks cohesive. Um, mm-hmm. And since we had a lot of uh, teams working in different silos, things kind of got lost uh, in the cracks. So the design team's priority right now is to make sure everything has a cohesive look and that it's the look that we want. And also to kind of future-proof ourselves because we're going to be adding a lot more features to the platform and we want uh, we want the design to have room to grow. So we're in the middle of uh, creating a new color palette, uh, creating new button styles, like I said, table styles, and on top of that, we're also working on trying to hone in the existing products and listening to users on what they actually want out of the platform itself. Mm. And what are some of the ways that you're making sure that you're making the right decisions going down this path? So we do a lot of A-B testing with Optimizely when it's just me and a PM and a couple of engineers working together. We may not know the best solution for the user right off the bat. And if it's something that we can A-B test, then we're going to run that. We also have the user archetypes that we're working on now. We're trying to kind of pare those down to one user archetype that we can always refer back to um, instead of many. And then we also just uh, listen to our customers. Uh, We have people in our company that have used Quadcast before. And um, for instance, one of my PMs uh, used to use Quadcast in her day-to-day job, and now she works at Quadcast. So she can speak in a real world sense when there's something I'm not sure of um, because I've never uh, worked in that field before. I can just ask her and she's very knowledgeable on what her opinion is on what she thinks the user wants. And then of course we go back and validate those as well. Mm-hmm. I'm loving I'm loving the conversation, man. Um, but we have to, to wind up. So I'm gonna ask two last questions. These are my two last questions. So question number one, what's one of the most challenging things that you do on a daily basis? That would be manage my workload. I I get pretty excited about new ideas. So when someone comes to me and like, hey, do you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll drop everything and do it right now. But so I have to be better about kind of planning out my day, what I'm going to be doing for the day, and then what I'm going to be doing for the week and then for the month. But yeah, I have a I have a bad habit of taking on a little bit too much more than I can chew. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my, my last question, I ask everyone who comes onto the show this, and what's one weakness that you've turned into your strength? I used to be a hardcore Photoshop guy. I mean, I still mm-hmm. am. I, I, I'm a Photoshop expert, I would like to say. So when uh, Sketch came along, yes. and that was supposed to I be the Sketch. great Photoshop replacer, I was very apprehensive about it. I was just like, nah, I mean, I, I use Photoshop. It's fine. I, I don't need to use Sketch. And then 
one of the designers that I worked with, like kept, he's like, just download it, man, just use it, just use it. And so I, I use it now. I never looked back at Photoshop. And now that Figma is out, I'm the same way with Sketch. I was like, I, was like, I don't know about this whole Figma thing. It might sound a little bit too robust, but uh, but yeah, now I'm, I'm Figma all the way. Team Figma. I'll get a tattoo of Figma if I have to. Oh, man. <laughs> Skylar, it's such a pleasure speaking with you. Um, thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, thanks, Dwayne. This was fun. Awesome. And thanks for listening to the Got 10 Minutes podcast. To stay in touch, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or the podcast app you're listening to this on right now for more episodes. Take care.